Get ready to innovate and organize your workspace with Metro. As the industry leader in storage and distribution systems, Metro is here to transform and organize your kitchen. With their premium solutions, you'll experience the Metro difference. Metro's sturdy and versatile shelving units, workstations, holding cabinets, and utility carts are designed to streamline operations and maximize your productivity. Don't settle for imitators. Metro products last longer and offer unparalleled quality and durability. Plus, the many customization options ensure that your space is tailored to your unique needs. Hey, we use them here at Walk & Talk. Say goodbye to chaos and hello to order with Metro Shelving. Visit their website or contact them today to start designing your perfect space. Metro Shelving, your partner in organization and efficiency. food fam this is the walk and talk podcast your favorite food podcast and i'm your host carl fiadini we're podcasting on site at ibis images studios where food photography comes alive um we have something so ultra beautiful and tasty on the menu today it's a black garlic sake miso glazed creekstone farm culotte oh my god it was so freaking amazing. Uh, Jeff's going to jump into that. I, there was like, you know, sweet potato puree with the ginger and the scallion relish and some, you know, general chow. Like, oh, my God. It, it, anyway, uh, Peninsula Food Service, as always, we thank you for supplying the proteins for today's Productione. All right. Um, our guest today is uh, it's a name you've uh, been hearing about lately on the program. Um, Walk and Talk Media is expanding our podcast lineup to include the one, the only, Pooch Rivera, with a podcast uh, capturing the historical take on New Orleans culinary history. All right, so more on that later. All right, look, we had this. We had the party, people. All right, we did it the other day, Monday. This, this literally just the other Monday. We just did it. It was a banger. Um, uh, I just went right out of the gate. I could not. This whole thing would never have happened without Chef Jonathan Rodriguez, Willie, Chef Jeffrey, Veronica, Richard, and Silent John. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right, Uh, Schlissel, Jeffrey. Uh, jump into pre-shift and explain today's dishes to the audience, uh, would you please? Definitely. Uh, so culotte is one of those that comes with different names. Uh, most people don't realize what it is, where it comes from. It's the top of the sirloin, like the flap of it, basically. And it's also known as the picanha in Brazilian cooking. We did a, a beautiful ten, eight to 10 ounce cut. And uh, I wanted to do something that showcased some Asian-esque. And I wanted to do something because we're literally a couple of days away from Halloween. So John came up with a thing. He's like, Hey, do you think we can do anything close to Halloween? It kind of looks that stuff. And I thought, you know, beautiful purple Stokes, sweet potato. And I wanted to do something different with the Asian stuff. So I wanted to go with the black garlic. And then I did the uh, miso rub that on. It was, it came out better than I expected. Like the general chow's, which is when I used to work with PF Chang's, we kind of used their recipe. Um, Tweaked it just a little bit. We did, uh, there's four ingredients. It's just vinegar, sugar, garlic, semolique, chili paste. Uh, I think what we're going to do is we're going to take that dish and we're going to put that out there for the recipe. And we were all talking people in the audience. All right. We were at food fam. We were talking about how, you know, we can add more value. And I think we found a way. We're going to start doing like um, one giveaway recipe, maybe two, two, two recipes a month. And then... For all the other recipes, we're going to do some sort of a subscription-based thing, and um, we'll get more into that as we kind of put that together. But I'm super kind of really excited about that. Yeah, so am I. Yeah. It's just, it showcases, listen, we, it was one of the things we were talking about. Food's not difficult to cook. It's not difficult to plate. It's just using what your knowledge is and gaining the knowledge of how to put the textures and colors together, and I've actually really expanded that because of John. Yeah, well, Honestly. I mean, this whole thing is a learning experience for all of us um you know obviously uh but prior to a year ago uh john didn't you know we weren't doing this you you had a podcast previously mm-hmm. um 
you know, but other than that, like podcasting wasn't a thing we were, we were doing, we were all doing something in the creatives. Um, obviously, you know, Jeff, your chef, um, John is a photographer. Uh, you know, I was doing the videos. I'm in, you know, I'm in the food world too. Long story short, here we are and things are moving along really well, man. Um, by the way, I got the bread. <laughs> we all got bread. We all got the bread. Thank, Thank you, you. Uh, Amy. <laughs> yeah, that was. We actually showcased that in a, in a chicken salad. Fiona, cartoon. Fiona, you heard that, right? <laughs> you heard that. I got the bread. I'm just saying. I, now we need cookies, Fiona. Can you hook that up? Yeah. What's up? I mean, it's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> Today's food shoot was actually really special because one, mm-hmm. um, one of the dishes was my mom's shepherd's pie. And I wanted to showcase that and I want to kind of elevate that too, in which I think we did. And, and John captured it just stunningly, especially with the Stoke uh, dehydrated potatoes. But more importantly, the one por- prior to that that we shot um, was my grandfather when I was three years old. And I remember sitting on this, this high top. Uh, it's back in the day, they didn't have any strap ins when you had um, a child's care, like a chair, like the booster. Right. So it was like you open it up and a kid just sat there. <laughs> Mm-hmm. No, no arms. It's just, I mean, you could just literally just lean forward poof, right on the table. And, um, I found out later on that every single kid in my grandparent, from my grandparents, so like my aunt, my mom, my two cousins, my sister, and I sat in that chair and it's now been, it went to my, me, then it went to my cousin. So this, this chair has been, that's almost a hundred years old. Who has it now? Uh, my cousin, ironically enough, named Jillian. She's the OG, the original, um, named Jillian for my grandfather who passed away in uh, 88. But I just remember being three years old and here he is. This is, this guy was a um, military police officer during world war II. Um, dropped out of elementary school because of the great depression. So he never went to high school, never went to college was so educated. And here he is making chicken parm for me as a kid. And I'll, and I'll say how old I was that it was, I was so old. Now I'm so old. There used to be a milk called acidophilus. Oh yeah. Wow. So my grandparents used to get Publix cream soda and put the milk in it. To me, it was like a cream, like creamsicle. So I'd sit there and eat pasta visual and chicken parm and a hush puppy. So I wanted to showcase my grandfather's recipe and that's what I did today. That's really awesome. Yeah. And everything you made today was really fantastic. So yeah, it was I just it was for me the t- him taking the picture, John taking the pictures, silent John taking the pictures, which is amazing. I do remember though the uh, you know putting the uh, snuffleupagus in the uh, the milk, and they would advertise advertise it everywhere. The acidophilus. I, yeah, I don't even remember what the heck that was about, but it was like a big deal. It's like with yeah, acidophilus, what, yeah, 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 or you had to get it without acidophilus. Yeah, that's you know, but the, well, look what they have today. There's 40 selections of milk. You know, they're all the plant based milks and all that stuff. Yeah. Tonight. Today was a fun shoot, though. It really was. And the how about the carrot cake? Oh, oh my God. I, you know, I can't wait to go home, actually. I want to wrap this up quick because I want to... The truth is, uh, that might not make it back. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm surprised. I'm, I'm betting it won't. <laughs> I well, I don't know that I want to share that. I mean, I'm... I'm well, usually, your wife doesn't listen to the podcast either, right? No, nobody's going to know. So... <laughs> eat, it, eat it on the way home. I'm going to eat it on the way home. <laughs> it's going to be great. Uh, by the way, the uh, so the first dish, yeah, okay, layers and the uh, the sweet potato puree again, man. That like with with the meat and everything else, the coulotte, it was that was dope. That <laughs> uh, no, was for real. It was it was delicious. And the carrot cake, those those were probably my two number ones. Yeah, Silent John liked the first one because yeah. the, the purple on the he's, plate. Was yeah, just he's shaking really, his head. Yeah, shaking his head. All right, so uh, let's let's see, let's kick the can down the road here a little bit, uh, and let's get the Pooch Rivera on the line. What's going down in New Orleans today, baby boy? Man, man, man! First of all, thank y'all for letting me be on the podcast, and thank y'all for giving me these great opportunities. Uh, I want to shout out all my staff that have brought me here to this point and or allowing me to be on the phone right now with you guys. Um, but a lot's going on, man. A lot is going on. Uh, had a great, great brunch um, at Brennan's this morning. And I had that with um, the great chocolatier from New Orleans, Frank Simichoni, who started the Old Time New Orleans brand, um, who now is kind of passing the torch down to me. So we finalized that paperwork at uh, Brennan's and really um, 
truly blessed to be a part of this whole situation and utilize the name Old Time New Orleans and that branding to be under you guys' umbrella with the Walk and Talk podcast. That's awesome. Man. It is. It is um, Old Time New Orleans uh, food podcast. It's going to be, it's, I can't wait. It's going to be cool. Well, so cool. I mean, listen, we, we talked about my grandfather and, and earlier, just a minute ago, that was his favorite place to go. That's like when you ask my grandfather, where's the best place to go for food? It's Nolans. It was definitely always that. And then Brendan's, you can't, you can't beat that with a stick. You so, can't beat that with a stick. I mean, say again? Yeah. So what did you have over there? What did you eat? Well, of course, in any celebratory situation, we're going to start off with a cocktail. Um, today, we only had one, <laughs> being that we had a lot of things to do. And um, But Amateur. it is New Orleans, so, you know, one can turn into ten very, very quickly, um, especially when you add people and libations in New Orleans. is that type of a town. Um, but I had Old Fashioned, which is really, really good, always on point, and something that's always a classic here in New Orleans, a uh, classic New Orleans cocktail. Um, then I started off the first... First course was gumbo, and it's it's getting kind of cool in the south, you know, where, you know, Tampa, New Orleans, we get little cold spells, but we still enjoy the reasoning why to uh, any reason why to, to cook a gumbo is, is a good reason for us down here. Gumbo. So uh, Brennan's does it really well. Gumbo, gumbo, baby. Uh, uh, that's shrimp. love gumbo. Love gumbo. And it, it really is loving a pot, you know, and at the end of the old school, it used to be whatever mama had in the refrigerator uh, is what what's going to be in a gumbo. You know, these days you kind of have those uh, bougie people on, on YouTube or, or Facebook, what have you kind of criticizing what people put in a gumbo at the end of the day, whatever mama could afford to put in the gumbo was what was in the gumbo. So is that your favorite roll with that? Pooch, is that your favorite new Orleans, by the way, you know what? We're jumping into this whole thing, right? Um, Pooch, you're kind of a big deal in, uh, in, in new Orleans, right? I mean, you were on uh, Nat Geo. You were on a food show there. You're a restaurateur. You've got, you know, several eateries that you've been a part of. You're kind of involved with a lot of stuff. Why don't you do a quick, um, why don't you give a quick synopsis of uh, who is Big Poochie? Go ahead. Um, I'm just a kid with a dream, man. I, I just, uh, you know, I used to wake up in the mornings on Saturday, fix myself a bowl of cereal and, um, Listen to my father telling me why. Why do you want to watch that stuff? Why do you want to be a chef? Chefs cook for people. I didn't come to this country for you to be a servant and cook for people. Um, but it was something that I just knew was in me, and uh, I just kept pursuing it. And you know, when you when you have a dream, you really don't know where you're going, but you know, like this is what you're going to do, and this is what's going to make you happy. So I just put my head down and uh, you know shot through adversity, whether it be Katrina, whether it be. Um, you know, a lot of family issues with both my parents passing away, you know, a lot of different things. I just knew that this was my therapy and I knew that if I put my all into it, something would come from it. And, uh, and here I am, you know, I got a, a few, few eateries few, that I'm all, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a partner in a few things. So it's, I'm gracious to all the people who are willing to put up money behind me, do all those different things to build Foodie Patootie and Pooch Rivera as a brand. So, yeah, and it, Foodie Patootie is your, uh, your Instagram handle, and it's a funny story. Not funny. It's a nice story, actually, how you got the name. How would you get the name? So my uh, back in the day, I guess it's probably about 15 years ago, when, when Twitter was the thing, Instagram really wasn't the thing. You know, everyone, you know, it's kind of like the story with you tell, Carl, where I was like, I want to do a pod. People uh, said, do a podcast. And you're like, what the hell do I want to do a podcast for? <laughs> you know, and now look at yourself and look at the whole team and what's been accomplished. But so I, I, I was just like, well, I guess I have to get a, you know, a twitter name and uh, you know to go through the whole song and dance of this whole social media thing which is which at the time i didn't think was me um so i'm just walking around the house saying you know foodie foodie this foodie that and i called my daughter claudia i called her cutie patootie and she just heard the word foodie i guess it's associating with cutie and she goes foodie patootie and i said that's it and uh you know it's so it's kind of that that name in itself is kind of open doors because people find it endearing, you know, so it kind of, and, it, and I'm a, I feel like I'm a very endearing person. So it kind of represents me and, and represents who I really am. You know, I'm this big fat Hispanic man, Creole man from New Orleans, but, and at the end I have a big old heart. So, you know, it, 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 it plays well for me. Your heart uh, and my belly are, are the same. <laughs> um, so, but you, what was the show? So tell the, tell the guests uh, audience actually what, um, what was the name of the Nat Geo show? The Nat Geo show was the name was called World of Flavor. 
And it was with uh, barbecue legend um, Mo Kaysong. Well, actually, he was Mo Kaysen before he came to New Orleans in Louisiana. And when he left Mo Kaysong with a little French Cajun accent at the end of it. But um, we just toured New Orleans. Or excuse me. We didn't tour New Orleans. And that's what was really cool is we toured Louisiana. And, you know, New Orleans is its little microcosm in the United States of so many you know, years and years of different cultures and different people who own the city and it, and it really influenced a lot of things that went on in the city. So I'm, you know, it's hard to believe when you're in the deep South that you're kind of a city boy, but very much so New Orleans is a very much a city. And if you go 20 miles, even 10 miles outside of New Orleans, you're in a totally different environment, very much rural, very much uh, Southern Bible Belt values. So in New Orleans is very much the contrary to that. Um, so uh, it was great for me to be able to experience the state and everything the state had to show the world from a novice point of view, I guess you would say. So it was really cool for me to be able to go to other cities in Louisiana, try their gumbos, try certain things, make boudin, um, and, and, and experience that with Mo Kaysen that where he was trying to learn his roots and the difference between Creole and Cajun and where his, you know, where his family came from. He's, he lives in Iowa. He's from Iowa. Um, but he really wanted to find his roots. So I was happy that he chose me to uh, be able to show him that. And it's a really cool episode. Um, Disney Plus, National Geographic, World of Flavor episode. I believe it's three. And I think it's called Gator, Grilling Gator on a Bayou. Yeah, it was, it was, that's how we met. Um, Pooch and I were, when I was out in, uh, for the American Culinary Federation, the national uh, convention, he was actually in the corner with his producer from that geo. And they were at Keith Saracen's pop-up with Manish uh, Patel, who is, I think he has, what, the store right next to yours or something like that, you said? Pooch? Where's, um, no, where's his... he, he, um, Manish has Tava Street yeah. Food in uh, the CBD area, um, right by the federal building and what have you. And uh, his uncle, who is kind of the, the person who introduced That's what it was, Indian cuisine and modern Indian cuisine, Saffron is next to Saj, which is kind of my modern Mediterranean, Middle Eastern... Uh, my interpretation of all that, of, you know, it, um, I, one of the first foods that intrigued me was Palestinian food, being that I grew up a block away. And it was just the easiest thing to go run and get something. So when you learn to love falafel and shawarma and vimto, which is a soft drink that's really, really awesome, you know, you get to like, you find those flavors and you kind of wonder why they're not around in everything you do. But then when you kind of research it more, you realize that it isn't everything you do. It's just their interpretation of the same flavor profiles. And uh, from there, it made me really intrigued with Mexican food and Latin food, being that I do have a Latin American heritage um, from my father's side. My mother's side is a New Orleans uh, Creole. But, um, you know, so I, 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 I learned that, you know, the Lebanese brought shawarma to Mexico and that brought out al pastor. You know, they brought a lot of cumin and things, flavors that I've tasted all my life and never realized that they're the same things are just kind of turned upside down. So that's the first thing that really intrigued me about food and has allowed me to have Saj now. Experience the perfect blend of culinary delights, entertainment, and education on the number one food podcast in the country, Walk and Talk Podcast. Join host Carl Fiadini and the amazing chef Jeffrey Schlissel. Feed your appetite. Find this podcast on Apple and Spotify. So is it true that, well, so I, I love Mediterranean food. I mean, Mediterranean food is a thing for me. Like Joseph's um, yeah. Baba Ganoush. Oh my God. Well, you know what? <laughs> Baba Ganoush is okay. I like Baba In general, just the, the lightness of, you know, your, your lambs and your chickens and, you know, the spot. I love it. I think it's fantastic. But, but I want to go back a little bit. Um, Ella's. So who invented brunch out your way? What's the deal with that? Okay, so Ella Brennan, who was the first woman restaurateur, I'm sure there may have been some others documented, uh, but she's kind of the one to come to the forefront uh, of cuisine and really not have any background in the, the, the creation of food and the creation of dishes. She just knew how to push hospitality and how to make people have a really good time. And New Orleans is kind of that, 
you know, even if it's a not that great of a meal or a subpar meal, it's really about the service and the atmosphere and the time that you had. So um, she really created that. Not to say that any of the Brenner's restaurants have subpar food, but she really made hospitality what it was. And, you know, in New Orleans, and this is a lot of things we're going to talk about on the Old Time New Orleans podcast, but you know, it, New Orleans was here 100 years before the United States was here. New Orleans birthed the first uh, a restaurant in the United States. Um, we, New Orleans and Ella Brennan particularly created brunch at Commander's Palace. So these are things that are kind of mimicked all over the world. Um, and, you know, it, it started here. So we're, well, that's what I've, it's a great opportunity for me to tell that story. And I'm very happy to be able to do so. Um, but, yeah, so she's just got, she's an iconic woman. And, you know, and it says a lot to um to any woman in this thing that, you know, like behind any, behind any man is a successful man is a, a strong woman. But at the same time, behind this whole restaurant industry that people every Saturday and Sunday make hella bucks off of and open up early to do, she created. And uh, a lot, I think a lot of people don't give her the credit for that. And I'm happy to have a show to be able to do it. So with Commander's Palace, um, have you met the new chef that took over? I have not, but she's also a female. Yeah, um, so that was she actually did a demonstration at the national convention, and when she walked in, I was like, "What's this twelve-year-old doing here? She looks so young, but she's not. She's got so much experience that I mean, when she walked in the room, she was just you can sense the power. Like I, when she walked in, I turn around, I'm like, "She's the chef," and who, who is it? I can't remember her name. She's I tell you what, and that's a daunting task, a daunting task to run Commander's Palace. So kudos to her. Um, you know, there's over 60 and sometimes there's 70 people on, you know, on the staff there. And they, they you know, it, it's just a well-oiled machine. Um, you know, they have it in, you can see the chef's table in the kitchen, which is basically booked years in advance. Um, and, you know, everyone there has to be clean, appropriate, you know, all of the above at the same time listening to the calls because there's no tickets everything's being called from expo and you know you just it's just everyone is there is on point and to get everyone on point and to get them to maintain that passion and enthusiasm in every dish while being watched by people who are spending a lot of money um it's just a tough task and, and kudos to the whole brennan's family and especially um everyone at brennan's today because the meal was amazing absolutely amazing yeah, you, that thing has been around for hundreds of years, and right across the street is a cemetery. Yeah, it's just, yep. it's amazing. It's right in the Garden District, correct, in New Orleans? Right in the Garden District. Yeah. You What's your favorite correct, dish, Pooch? Um, in New Orleans, or just <laughs> that I had today, or? Both. You know, um, I think it varies every day. Um, I think my, my, my favorite dish overall right now is going back to basic Mexican Um uh, just a good taco is something that you just can't screw up. Even if it's not that good, it's still pretty good. Um, and it's, it's something that I've really just been going back to the simplicity, trying to bring it back, back down myself, uh, in humility in so many ways, uh, trying not to spend a lot of money on food and really kind of go back to the basics and, and get that grit back. Um, but in New Orleans, uh, it really depends on the seasons. You know, gumbo is something that is iconic. We Thanksgiving, football season, Christmas morning, those type of things. Um, but, you know, come Easter time, it's oyster season, and there's nothing better than some just good old Louisiana oysters, uh, fried or raw in the half shell, or char-grilled, which was something also that was invented here in New Orleans. Drago's. By the Drago family. Ugh. Yep. So what I about forgot, some, Jeff, I was thinking about this today. What's you, that? You have so much time in New Orleans, Jeff, yeah. that you, you know, with uh, P.F. Chang's and yep. and all of that. It reminded me when you were talking about the dishes from P.F. Chang's and I forgot that you were here for such a great time. So it, it is, it's awesome for you to understand kind of the way we do things. It's a little bit backwards, but at the same time, it's a little bit progressive. too. So right? I, I'll be honest with you. Uh, so back in 97, when we opened up that uh, P.F. Chang's right there in the mall off of Metairie and uh, Veterans Boulevard. Paul Mueller and I were actually experimenting with regional cuisines with P.F. Chang's. We were coming up with, instead of shrimp and lobster sauce, we were doing crawfish lobster sauce. And it was, we used black bean fermented and we were doing like black and red fish that was going to be totally for New Orleans. So I just, it never came to fruition. We ended started ending up back in 97, we ended up started working on a thing called Payway. So I actually helped work on oh, Payway's oh, menu. Payway. Yeah. Payway is awesome too. And you know, 
what's really cool is that, you know, you would think New Orleans, and this is one of the things that I love, great to be showcased on the, the new podcast as well, is where our where Creole cuisine and just New Orleans cuisine or even Louisiana cuisine is going. And let's throw some Cajun in there as well. But, you know, you know, Fleming's, Paul Fleming's, or I believe it's Peter Fleming, you know, that, start, that started in Louisiana. And so it tells you a lot where you know, where people get inspired and where they can, you know, really show their talents and their, and their, their passion via different type of cuisine that really isn't indigenous to Louisiana culture per se. Um, but there is a lot of Asian coming out the forefront now because of the fact of, you know, for the last 50 years, there's been a lot of Vietnamese and Korean and Chinese people moving here. Which shipping. takes things to the forefront. Yeah, which shrimping. I cannot wait to talk about on the podcast. Yeah, so they're a big shipping, uh, a shrimping uh, culture down there, especially in the south part of uh, Louisiana. Correct? They are in the eastern part. So the yeah. about fifty years ago, after the Vietnam War, they uh, a lot of Vietnamese people migrated here uh, just because of the, the swamps and the culture is a lot, you know, the, the same. The climate's the same with the heat and whatnot. So within that, you have um, great Vietnamese chefs that have come up out of that and you know won james beard award for king cakes you know it says it's a lot to say that a in um you know vietnamese are french trained you know with with pastries from the french but uh they came here and they put their own spin on a king cake and won a james beard award for it now it's one of the most sought after king cakes here um so you really have to give a lot of credit to people who come uh, you know absorb the create the creativity and the passion of this city and eat it all up and regurgitate it out as something that's iconic as a king cake. Um, and winning a James Beard award for it is really amazing. That, and that that's sounds amazing. Fong bakery, by the way. Yeah. Fong, Fong bakery. You, you, so there's, there's the, the po boy and then down where he's talking in the East, they actually do a bao mai that the Vietnamese that we did a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. but they do their own, like they infused Creole Cajun Vietnamese French. It's just ridiculous. Pooch, what's the what's the hottest thing happening in New Orleans right now pooch. on the food scene? Pooch, uh, other than pooch. <laughs> um, nah, you guys, I'm, I'm you guys. I'm usually behind closed doors, looking at four walls in the kitchen most of the time. So I'm not really doing anything hot and crazy. Um, really, really cool is uh, you know, not to toot my own horn, but uh, we are we just opened up a arepas place, which I'm sure is very common in Florida. It's the Venezuelan street sandwich. Um, but it's very it's it's very common in kitchens at home all over the place in Venezuela. It's something that's very it's eaten. Um, it's like our white bread, to be honest with you. A slice of white bread, you can make anything happen with that. So we opened up Coma Arepas, which is means eat arepas with Coma Hospitality, which means eat hospitality. But we uh, we opened that up uh, right by Tulane and Loyola Universities, and it's doing really really well. And we're happy and proud to be on the forefront of kind of bringing different culture of Latin American food to New Orleans. Um, so that's really what's hot from my standpoint to toot my own horn. But one person that I really want to talk about that's really doing the same thing with Latin American cuisine is in, um, in really being notified and noticed for it is uh, Will Avalar. And Will Avalar started off with, at, with Emerald and worked his way up as a uh, dishwasher. Started off, um, was kind of, you know, did his thing and he had to do do something and decided that he was going to go be a, you know, start off as a dishwasher, did that work his way up the realms or the, the, the ladder and became the chef de cuisine for Emerald at Emerald's restaurant. Uh, let's, what is it called? Uh, Merrill, which is basically Emerald backwards. And that's his daughter's name. So it was a really cool menu. He had a lot of opportunity to create a lot of cool things and, and more so party atmosphere, food and things like that. Uh, more for social gatherings, but you ate it at the table, really fun, really cool menu. But he left there with a passion and a dream, and he and his father purchased a tortilla company, and it's called Maui Tortillas. They are not Mexican, or they're nowhere in Central America that really uses a tortilla other than somewhat of a tortilla, which is um, a tortilla dish. Is so He's half El Salvadorian, half Ecuadorian. So in Ecuador, there's really no such thing as a tortilla. They, and anywhere in South America, they call a tortilla a fajita. That's what they reference it as. So if you're going to have anything with a tortilla, it has you're, you're having a fajita. Um, I just so, wanted to hold on, uh, Pooch. Um, if you're from the Midwest, it's called a fajita. I just you should know fajita. that a fajita. You are yeah, correct. Midwest. Wow. Okay. Go ahead. Or Plant City. Come on, you're 20 miles outside of New Orleans. There's some people that call it a fajita. I'm just saying, um, it's a fajita. Okay. <laughs> 
but kudos to Will Avalar, his whole family. They're they're really doing some cool things, and they 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 took a shot because you know we, you can buy tortillas anywhere these days, and being so close to Houston and stuff like that, we get fresh tortillas. You know they're one or two days old, but he took a chance with something and started off with a little pupuseria, and pupusas are oh. kind of stuffed tortillas from El Salvador. Good God, those um, things are delicious. I know, I love that. Oh. Gosh, they are delicious, and the, the simpler you go with them, if you just get beans and cheese, it's it's so exquisite. Uh, you know, it's just something that's the simpler it is. And that's when getting back to the taco thing, the simpler the thing is, is just how, how wonderful like the flavors in your mouth and where it goes. It's just so amazing to me. Um, so these guys um, did their thing, started off just as selling tortillas, maybe to some grocery stores, little things, some Mexican restaurants, expanded at their own dining area. And now they made the top 25 New Orleans restaurants for the New York times, Wow, which is a crazy thing. Cause normally there you're having a lot of, you know, Creole Cajun, you know, New Orleans style restaurants, classic French cuisine. Cochon, Cochon Butcher, all of the above. Uh, so, and you know, there's a lot of James Beard award winners down here. So normally those are the ones that are going to take center stage. And it was just amazing for Will to be able to get that. So I really want to give him a shout out and kudos to him and his family and his organization because they're, they're really shining out here. So wait, we're talking about all about New Orleans, but we, and we mentioned him, Merrill, Emerald. I heard when I was there, Emerald wasn't open. They were revamping it or something like that. And now there's this new chef taking over Emeralds. What's that about? Attention chefs and food buyers. Are you looking to improve your proteins program with quality and service by the best in the beef business? Reach out to Peninsula Food Service. With 25 butchers on staff, their services will dazzle you and impress your dining guests. Peninsula is the largest Creekstone farm distributor in the Southeast United States. Let the gang at Peninsula Food Service cut your beef burdens away and ask about their dry-aged program. Look them up at PeninsulaFood.com. That is his son, E.J. Lagasse. So E.J. Lagasse is taking over. Um, bright kid. We've had coffee together. He's really, really smart. Uh, do, do, doing a lot of things well. Um, and just really, you know, not really, he's, he's not coming in picking up his daddy's, you know, coattails, you know, or running on his daddy's coattails. He's coming in, he's taking over Merrill, but he is, uh, you know, it's, he's kind of, you know, he's, he's keeping his father's classic menu, but he's take, doing a modern take on it, you know, and he's got some Creole dishes, but a, He's kind of flipping it around and flipping it upside down, making it a little bit progressive, a little bit of, you know, some contemporary accents to it. But at the same time, giving the people what they want and what they're coming to Emeralds for. Um, he is going to have a seasonal menu, which I, what I love about the seasonal menu that he's going to have is that he's sourcing all the finest produce from Louisiana. And he's going to do a lot of cool specials and a lot of cool things with that menu that you don't normally see. You know, people showcase pork and they showcase all these rice dishes and all these thick, thick roux and sauces. But when somebody's goal is to showcase, you know, some of the jewels of Louisiana, like kumquats and satsumas and panchatula strawberries, mm. you know, those are things that I love to see in a dish that often just get kind of like smothered in a sauce. And that's what it is where, I, you know, it's, it's great to bring those things to the forefront. And I'm really excited to see what he is going to do. You know, I was going to, I had an opportunity to go to the tasting menu, um, but I was in Tampa. So <laughs> that Monday gonna, night, we're going to get to that. Hold on <laughs> that was minute. Monday night. Hold on, that was Monday night. Right, we're going to, we're going to get to Monday night. Hold on a minute. So, um, old time, uh, old time, uh, new Orleans, uh, food podcast. Uh, let's talk about that a little bit more. Sure. What is what is there more to talk about? I mean, there is a lot more to talk about. I don't mean like that, but it's just it's, well, it's, so I, get, I, get, I'm excited. I get proclaimed when I think about it. You know, don't I'm excited proclaimed. too. I get proclaimed. You're gonna you're getting you know, you're getting uh, Jeffers over here. He's getting you just made him happy. You just made him smile when you said that. Um, yeah, I love Jeff. You know, and it, Jeff is the only reason that I'm here, guys. So I mean, to the world out there, all million listeners, million download people all over the world. Jeffrey Schissel is the reason I am Thanks, here man. on the phone with you guys today. And I really appreciate it. I love everybody there. Um, 
But uh, Jeffrey, I really appreciate you throwing me that bone, man. Um, but yeah, Je- dude, Jeffrey, you, uh, you know, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. First and of all, that concludes our broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've got no, you, okay. you don't have the yank yet. All right, no, it, it, no. So listen, Jeffrey is the starship. Okay, oh, that's what he, he was is. waiting for. Him. Yeah, I was trying to break. No, <laughs> I got it, man. Trying to break in. Yeah, no, but listen, listen, listen. Um, right now, anything if you go to TikTok, if you any of the videos that you know. Okay, so if we go back to like uh, COVID, it was everything was short. You know, thirty seconds, a minute or less. You know, but now the the these platforms are kind of shifting a little bit back into a long form. Like yeah, we t- hit like ten minutes now. Yeah, on TikTok. TikTok, right? So, um, but all the best um, channels, they all do something on history or something that there's a knowledge base, right? Right. Where you don't have to look it up yourself; you just listen to somebody. You know, and that's that's the entertaining part. When it comes to the food aspect. Of, a, of of New Orleans, um, Louisiana at large, you know, and just the age of that region, it's amazing. And you have, I mean, how many different cultures? I mean, j- just off the top, you've got French and obviously the Creole and Italian, African-American. Like, there's so much um, culinary so history many, there. You know, it, what's crazy is you think, you know, Jeff mentioned Dragos, and Dragos are Yugoslavian people. Yugoslavian descent, second generation Yugoslavians here. I will um, break him. You know, they, a lot of Germans, you know, you think andouille sausage. Andouille sausage is just a Bavarian sausage. They, the Germans, uh, there's a region called the Zalmans, which the Zalimans, which means of Germany, um, that there's a German coast. And there's a lot of people that are influenced by that. For instance, like Chef John Fulce, another famous Louisiana chef, is all, you know, is, is a Creole man, but you would never think that because – He's has German descent. And so there's a lot of things that cultures that mix that they kind of get swept under the rug because when you say French quarter and new Orleans, you know, those are all names that are French, but there's a lot of cultures that really, really uh, influence a lot of things. And, you know, you'll see, you'll see, you know, African-American people with Italian last names and, and Hispanic last names and everything derives from the time where everyone was here and it was just such a melting pot, you know, and, uh, and there's a story to tell and I can't wait to tell it. You know, it's, 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 you know, the, the, the story of food, the story of restaurants, the story of hospitality, you know, this thing that you see, you see it on someone's plate or you see it in a magazine and you say, man, I, I was eating that 20 years ago and it's now just coming to the forefront and it's things that, that derive here. And I'd love to tell that story. And I'm, I'm happy to have the opportunity to tell that story because New Orleans was here before the United States was here. And, uh, and we really, and we it, it, we do get looked at for things, but guess what? You know, for instance, I was doing some research the other day and watching a, a old podcast, and there was um I can't remember the gentleman's name, but the gentleman that has the burger place in, in Daytona, he has the ten seater in Orlando. Oh, um, Mike, guy, Mike Michael Hondas. Hondas. Yeah, yeah sure. Michael Well, kudos to him because guess what? There's not one critically acclaimed Michelin star restaurant in New Orleans yet. We kind of influence a lot of culture around the world just a Where, lot of james beard uh, just a lot of no, james beard james beard down yeah. there there's no too many, i'm not gonna say too many james beard but uh <laughs> it, there's a lot of james beard here but it's um and we've kind of dominated that 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 uh you know chef of the south thing but well, well but let me ask you a question just, wait hold on stop um what so you're a chef you can, bunch of chefs here right what do you want more, a beard or a well, star? We had that conversation with Michael Colantis. So yeah, but, was, uh, but now we're revamping it. It's been a while. And now I got two other chefs on there. I, um, I'll let him go first. I don't know if I want either. I don't know what I want e- if I want either. Because uh, at the end of the day, there's a lot of other things. I, I, it, t- it would take a lot more dedication from me to be able to get that. Um, I listened to Anthony Bourdain a long time ago when he said, in, um, you know, it, he said, you don't want to really be part of a fraternity. And if it requires you to spend money to be part of a fraternity for, for those people to admire your work, then it's kind of contrary to the beliefs of like why you really want to be a part of it. So I would love one. Um, obviously, I'm, we're going to make sure that maybe the old time New Orleans food podcast could be nominated or win one. I'm all for those type of After things. After us. But- after us. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Get in line. Simmer down. Simmer down. Get in line. Touche. Um, but, you know, so I, and I'd love to be nominated for that. But you know what I've learned in this career more so than anything is number one, family first. 
And I'm just now being able to, at 47, to to really enjoy those fruits of my labor, just primarily family. But the secondly is the biggest thing I've learned other than family, but almost they're kind of two in one in the same is that heavy is the head that holds the crown, you know? So the minute you have something that's worth anything or an accolade, now there's eyes on you and there's a good eyes because you get a lot of benefits from that. But also now it's like, well, shit, I'm going to be in the kitchen 16 hours a day. Maybe I need to be in the kitchen 18 hours a day. Maybe I need to do, I have to hold this because now I'm, mm-hmm. I'm at the front of the line and people are trying to get there. And that's a fun, uh, you know, uh, motivating feeling. But at the same time, you put a lot of things off and you put your health off and you put uh, your mental health off. You put your family off. And there's always a reason why you can't do something because it's for the better good of your career. And a lot of times for your ego. So I would love to win any of those, but at the same time, I'd love to do it. It's kind of like I did the culinary fight club. I was swept in New Orleans, won all three culinary fight clubs and decided to retire because it's like, if I want to do this again, I need to prep all year long just to beat these up and coming people that are ready to come beat me, you know? So, and I was like, how am I going to dedicate to restaurants time to my family when my, my whole goal is making sure that no one beats me. And, you know, but, I, that's just, I don't, I don't want that to be my goal ever again, you know, and I'm blessed with the opportunity to be on podcasts and to do things that kind of can shape my career because a lot of people don't have these opportunities. And I want to be able to teach people to say, Hey, take time to smell the roses, take time to, to speak, you know, um, articulate what you're saying and just be a good person because good things come from that. And it doesn't mean you always have to be head down in the kitchen, always working on the new concept, new recipe, all those different things to beat the guy next to you. Cause the guy next to you is, is suffering just like you are, you know? So, um, that's my take on that. So my take on, uh, the awards and in either Michelin or James Beard is I just want to cook the food that I want to cook. That's the bottom line. If I get an award for it, so be it. And I just want to eat the cook, the food that yeah, you, you want to cook. cook. Yeah. yeah. Craveable. I just want to, I just want to cook craveable food. And then if I get acknowledged for cooking craveable foods and there's people out there, that do the grind and I'll, and I'll mention one name, Turkey and the Wolf. I mean, here's a sandwich shop that he serves, oh, yeah. he serves his dishes on melamine plates and he's known for a portobello collard green kind of like patty melt for vegans. And he was known for that. Um, and he's closed at three o'clock in the afternoon. So he has life balance and he has like a couple other different places. There are people out there that do their jobs and they, they know how to balance and, or try to find the balance and they, they do it. But I think you have to pay your prices to get there and so on and so forth. But I don't think an award makes you, I think you make you. And that's where, you know, really tends to be like at the end of the day, what are you doing for you and your family? Bottom line, if you're not spending time with your family, then you're doing it wrong. You know, and, I, and that's one of the reasons why I look at what I did with the move coming over to here and spending the time and watching my daughter grow. I think that's where I want to be right now. I, I, I agree. Kudos to you, Chef. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Kudos to you, bro. Thank you. Indeed. Okay. So, Pooch, Chef. So, <laughs> Jeff and Pooch, uh, chefs. All right. So, you were you you came to visit us uh, on Monday, <laughs> you know, and uh, we had our, we did have our, um, our bash, our mixer, walk and talk media mixer. I have to tell everybody, I was, um, he's still full. <laughs> no, I don't even mean that. I mean, I didn't know that this was going to get pulled up. I know it was so, it was so last minute, everything, but it turned out really great. Um, in fact, uh, you know, Willie Bedex, he's our guy, he's our video producer. He came, um, and he, you know, documented everything with the video. We, we just put out a, um, a sizzle reel from, from Monday, man, it was bad ass. I really had a great time. And, you know, like I was saying before, it wasn't for you guys. This would have never, ever happened. Um, and I'm just thrilled that, you know, our restaurant recipe chefs came, um, you know, chefs, Alex, Kevin, Thomas, um, you know, chef Nana came, I'm thrilled. Christoph, Christoph, Ryan Manning, uh-huh, Ryan Manning uh, you know, Pooch. everybody. <laughs> I, I was getting to Pooch and Mark Conway because they came yeah. in from out of town, um, you know, stayed the night and split early in the morning. So, we also had another one that drove six hours. Yeah. Three hours here, three hours back and mm-hmm. brought, brought us three loaves of stellar looking bread. Yeah. Yeah. So the, 
Amy. Amy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and you know, man, I, and so for me, when I see that, you know, you're talking about, let, let's just, first of all, everybody that came, I'm, I'm thrilled. I mean, seriously, I didn't really think anybody was not come. But, but let's just say, let's well, just say. Because you didn't invite anyone. Veronica and I did. That's not, that is not true. <laughs> I, I was actually very part of, much part of that. Don't even, don't even try that. Anyway, listen to me. What I'm trying to say is you get like, um, you know, you know, Pooch and, and, and uh, Mark uh, Conway and Amy, right? They, they came at an, at an inconvenience to this thing. So for me, I am eternally grateful for that, you know, and I just want to be sure that everybody understands what I'm, where I'm coming from. I'm really happy on the turnout. Um, Chef Jonathan Rodriguez over his at staff Salimar. was stellar. They everybody were so was great. They everybody were rock stars. Yeah, and it was beautiful. Like if if you watch the video, and you and even the night was gorgeous. Like you, like you could see the sunset and everything from you know the rooftop for Tampa and and the color, dude. Rachel from Tampa Food Mom. She she put like three or four pictures yeah. of the skyline. So it was great seeing that. Yeah, and obviously Jeff, you know, you cooked a bunch of stuff and uh, a little bit, a little bit, a few things, a yeah. bit. <laughs> few, few things. But the, you know, kebabs was there, stuff foods was there. They did a great job. Obviously, they have, they have a good product. But you you know, you went the extra mile, man. Thank you, I appreciate. It. But here's a huge shout out to Vicky who gave me the kuni kuni, and we cooked the hams to make the uh, malibu oh, yeah, cooker. That's right. And she couldn't be there because she's going through some medical issues. You know, yeah, and you know, prayers to her. Yeah, she, definitely. You know, um, there were so many little parts to this thing where you forget. Even you, you know what I mean? Like you, you really do. You just literally forget. Well, I told you, like, make sure you go through the video so you don't forget anyone. Because I there did, was, but, but you, there's that many people, and like you said, I can't. Yeah, I there's mean, that, so many moving parts, and you don't want to forget anything and forget any, leave anybody out. Obviously, Peninsula Food Service, uh, they put in, you know, they they were putting in some Creekstone uh, product in there. Uh, Sterling, Sterling Caviar. came through on the clutch. For I the, mean, I didn't even yeah. think they were going to make it. Yeah, me either. Uh, that was cool. You know, and obviously I, Melina was there. You know, Joseph and, uh, and Dino, Dino from yeah. You got this guy to the left, Silent John. Um, he loved. I think the steak was his favorite. In fact, well, I, I mean that's not a not a stretch for, for this guy. <laughs> well, it's caviar. Yeah, I uh, have. Yeah, well, I guess so. Yeah, he's, he's picky. You're pretty picky. Well, you like uh, you like Mikey. Remember the, from the, the cereal? Yeah, he likes what he likes. He likes said. what he likes. True story. <laughs> and that's what it is. By the way, if um, anyone thinks in the background you hear snoring or heavy breathing, that's Carl. <laughs> Call me Tony Soprano over here with the. With no, the, with it's the, the other guy. Oh, big, big puss. Big puss. Um, all right, so listen. All right, so we, we got. Through, hey, so Pooch, I, I again, you're on the phone here, so thank you for for coming out, man. It was a big deal, and you and you helped in prep and stuff too. Like you were, you got oh, your he hands was a rock star, man. Yeah, and a huge shout out to Richard. Oh yeah, Rich. I mean, man. for coming back there and helping me pop out the food. I know, and and he he did a lot. He's yeah. always doing a lot. He really does. Uh, listen again. There's people around me that make all of this stuff work. I'm, I, I'm, my contribution obviously is I, I know these people and I know this one and that one and there's a connection. Oh, hey, you, you know, whatever. I, I do some of that stuff, but like you guys are, fuck, you guys are awesome. Almost did it. You guys well, are, it was funny. Awesome. It was funny because you were, you were outside and Richard goes, um, why is he outside? And we're back here sweating. I go, because he's smarter than us. <laughs> well, I mean, I can't argue that. I mean, no, but I, I have to. I'm the guy to be in the front. No, you know, well, I mean, you're the front, front of the house guy. Yeah, exactly. So Richard and I are both chefs I've back talk, in the house. I've talked about this extensively. Yeah. yeah. You, you like to front. eat. You didn't really eat. Oh, by the way, I just want everyone to know. He was like, Jeff, do you have enough food? I'm like, if everyone eats like one of everything, it's going to be a pound of food in, that they would have eaten. A pound of food. Yeah. By the way, we threw out a lot of food. Or I should say the staff ate a lot of food. Yeah, yeah. No, there was a lot wait. of food. No, they got they got to go home. Yeah. They, they were they were like, Ooh, it's Christmas in, yeah, in October. hundred percent. I you know, I can't when I do an event, I can't eat. Because I don't want stuff in my mouth and my teeth. You know what I mean? I I don't like that. Because you're talking to people. You, bougie. It's not bougie. It's it's. I'm being. Uh, don't worry. None of us would have told you had food in your teeth. Nobody would. would not not a damn one of you. Let, we would have let Willie film that. I, I know that. I would have been like with a, like a piece of <laughs> basil covering a whole tooth or something. Like, hey, what happened to his teeth? His teeth fell out. No, nah, man. It was just food in my. He was hungry. But nah. everyone would everyone would expect that though. You guys are a-holes. All right, so. <laughs> Uh, what do we got coming up now? Our next big thing is the World Food uh, Championship. 
which is also why Mark came down. Mark Conway came down. He's the uh, host and MC of of the uh, venue. What a trip! Franchise. His, his uh, somebody asked me. Who's the guy in the blue? And I go, which one? The blue jacket that sparkles? And but with his shoes too. Did yeah, you see the yeah, shoes? Yeah. This is I can't I keep talking about this. I it's not for me. I can't do that. Good for him. God bless him. I I it's not for me. My daughter would love like she loves everything sparkly and glitter. Um yeah, yeah most most women do, by the way. Eight year olds. Yeah. yeah sure. Glitter. Glitter. Um oh, you know what we're gonna do to him one time? Like glitter bomb him. But he'll be he'll like it. I'm just kidding. I'm only kidding, Mark. He is the glitter bomb. He is. We can just throw Mark onto somebody. We'll pick him up and throw him to... The glitter bomb, Mark Conway. <laughs> oh, wow. We're going to have some fun, though, in, in Dallas, because you're going to be... You've got two events that you're going to be the master judge, and you're welcome, by the way. Bacon. Yeah. Ba- so this is cool. I am going to be the master judge for bacon and soup. Well, you know, which is cool. I mean, you know, I like soup. So you got to make sure you're from Florida. You got to make sure it's hot. I want it like 95 and it's going to melt my face off. <laughs> it's steaming, it's, but it's bubbling. It's more. it's not hot enough. It's not hot enough. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I remember. Uh, uh, this would be the Beverly Hills Cafe It's story. probably a Beverly Hills story if I, if I remember it. But like, you know, like the AC is on, it's blowing. And then you get like, you know, a 140 year old person come in and, and what you see them doing is they, they put the napkin. No, they put the, the linen napkin over their shoulder as a shawl you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah that's fun whatever but so you're going to be up on stage yes i'm going to be interviewing people but who's going to be next to me uh big pooch daddy over here yep and jay jay gardner from yeah. citrus Mercury. Yeah, he's, he's going to hand out juice um I love I the think, juice. yeah but i think um pooch you, you were going to a special guest right Walk and Talk Podcast, now sweetened by Noble Citrus. Bite into a juicy crunch tangerine, 40 years perfected, seedless and oh so tasty. Or savor a starburst pomelo, the giant citrus with a unique zing. Don't miss autumn honey tangerines, big and easy to peel. Noble, generations of citrus expertise, delivering exceptional flavor year-round. Taste the difference with Noble Citrus. Uh, yes, Tatum Gardner. Tatum Gardner is um, not related no to, uh, to Jay Gardner. <laughs> so funny. Jay. Yeah, maybe you never know. You know, long lost cousins or something. Uh, funny. But um, Tatum Gardner and I uh, used to have a podcast called uh, Nola Famous. She's kind of who broke me into the podcast world. Um, kind of when I was just not wanting to be kind of in the public eye. Um, you know, as far as like speaking and what have you. Um, she told me I could do it, and we did it, and it really did well. It did really, really well, and she ended up moving to Dallas. So now she's in Dallas, and she's going to join us and really kind of uh, introduce us to a lot of the Dallas chefs that are down there and, and really bring a good element to, uh, you know, maybe a woman's voice to this podcast. You so, know, um, all right, wait a minute. Just for five wait, days. Hold on. Hold on. Um, she, she, you guys are going to kind of um, co-host the show together, right? That we are, sir. That's, I think that's very cool. I mean, I have, I have my girl right here. Thanks. Jeffrey. Yeah, thanks. It's because my man boobs. <laughs> the bearded lady. I mean, both have a, <laughs> the bearded lady. Um, you know, what's great about Dallas is I have a really great friend down there. Chef Jax is going to be there. So hopefully I can contact her and she can come out for one of the days. Is she going to be at the show too? No, she just. Uh, no, she's, I don't, you know what? I have to call her and find out and catch up. She lives out in Dallas, that Dallas area. Well, I, we, so we currently, we have the banners. Um, you know, the backdrop yeah. and the, and the table, uh, dressing. Um, so a new chef came through in the clutch. Yes, they did. Right. We yeah. got, we got Good some, old Victor. Uh, yep. And, uh, Lucian and everybody over at new chef. What so thank getting? you very much. What are we getting? We're getting, uh, four shirts each different colors. It's going to have uh, new chef's logo, your logo. My logo is going to be on my shirt with the logo from the walk and talk podcast. They're going to be. What is those things called? What do we call them? I don't not the garage shirts. Yeah, like a mechanic shirt. Yeah, mechanic shirt. That's yeah. you know, that's what that's a mechanic shirt that's gonna be done for oh, us. Dope. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, d- dope AF, bro. You know? <laughs> yeah. Bro. So um, at least people AF. know our name. People will know our name. <laughs> yeah. 
So, well, that's the thing. I want to hit this thing like hard. You know, we got the, we got all the little uh, tap cards with the, you know, our socials and the whole nine yards. Uh, and then I got the little, they're like little tap buttons. Like, so I'll have a button up maybe on the, uh, uh, on the table and all the stuff will be there. Like, and just walk up, hit the, you know, phone to, uh, phone to button and info gets transferred. And, uh, when I was a little boy, <laughs> there was a piece of paper and a pencil. Yeah. It was like that. But, um. Yeah, I'm excited, man. It's going to be badass. I'm gonna, it's going to be good. I have to do research because i got to figure out the the wrestling because I've been out of that whole scene for wrestlers and stuff because Mark was oh, saying yeah. about all the wrestlers are going to be there. Well, or I, not all, but some oh, of them. Awesome. Yeah, because IMG, over the summer, IMG bought the, you know, uh, the World Food Championship franchise. And they also own UFC and the WWE. Right. So this IMG is all about sports and sports entertainment and all that stuff. Well, now they're getting into food and, and food sport. So um, what better sport to watch and take advantage of is than the world food championship. Right. So this is this is kind of a big deal. How many people did you say? Three teams, three, three people per each team between it was like 250 or 300 uh, with three per, with a three person team, Jeez. 300 teams. Let's just say three people on each team. But two rotate in and out. You can rotate two in and out. Okay. So there's only your, your team leader. So he, so yeah, Pooch was. Team. When, when did you do this? You were you did the you did this um, championship, right? I did. I competed in the baking category. Um, How long did ago? Not place. So wait, did you say uh, bacon as in B A K I N G or B A C O N? B A C O N. Bacon. Um, I did not place. Oh, it's on. So. Uh, <laughs> Bacon's tough, so, man. People yeah. don't realize because I asked the question to Mark: Do are they allowed to bring their own, or do they get supplied? And he goes, "It's it could be both. They can supply or bring their own." Hmm. Yeah. So at that time, I I took uh, big prawns or shrimp, but I actually needed to get like you know some U tens and cured, sliced them and cured them on the spot, uh, basically like a twenty minute cure. Then I smoked them and made bacon out of shrimp. So it was kind of a play on a lobster roll or a shrimp, but I don't know if the judges really understood it because they were, they wrote on my car that it's not bacon, um, <laughs> which there was nothing in there that said it had to be pork belly. I made bacon out of something else, which I thought was cool and innovative. But, um, you know, after speaking with Mark Conway, you know, and, and him explaining to me the whole eat system and all that, how the judging goes on. And I knew that back then, but when we talked about it at the party the other night in Tampa, um, I was like, yeah, you know, that now, duh, you know, but you go into this thing thinking that you're going to be innovative and great. And at the end of the day, it's really, it's about the, a good product and knowing your judges and knowing the people that are going to be there, that are, that are going to appreciate your product. I think the um, best thing you can do in a, in a, in a challenge like that, and you're going to compete like that is just to compete itself. I remember when I worked for the large broadliner, we actually were part of, um, something called meat. It was on South Beach Food and Wine Festival. We actually ended up doing pork belly with like a s'mores and we made a sriracha marshmallow and Guy Fieri was up on stage and the guy who won just made a simple burger. That was it. Like a, like it was like a, literally like a uh, white castle and a salt pepper smash with caramelized onions. Like what Michael Antis was talking about. Mm-hmm. That's who got, that's the who won. Hey, not for nothing. We got mentioned because uh, we did a dessert. I'll, you know, yeah, I've had a lot of white castle in my life, bags of it. Or crystal burger, same thing, mm-hmm. you know, but not the same. But same. Anyway, yeah, go for simple. Well, I mean, stuff it in. You Pooch know? said it. You know, keep. We have a saying in the industry, right? Keep kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Hundred percent. Like when you get out and you get a fancy and go over the top, you start to lose things. You can keep something simple, but plate it so differently. Like um, Angus McIntosh, when I worked with him at the Master Chef Summit, he's actually competing with one other person for a bakus. And that's a huge, huge like challenge for him to do it. This one, and that's it. There's two guys that are competing. Um, he did basically an avocado guacamole with sour cream on top with a ring mole with agar agar huh. and salsa. And I went, you just made a $7 dish, a $40 app because it was that stunning. So it's again, playing with food and replating it. It's, a, it's just beautiful. Huh. You know, and they say, read the room, you know, know your, know your audience, you know, know your judges, you know, kind of do a little bit of research on what you think judges are. But at the World Food Championship, though, you've already turned in your recipe. You have to, you know, kind of stick to what you were doing. But 
I think people will learn, um, you know, at the end of the. Yeah. So listen. Yeah, I'm sorry. I uh, no, you, I, sorry. You, what? <laughs> you, you didn't. It wasn't a stall. All right. So listen, uh, Pooch. First of all, appreciate you being on the show. We're all super excited for uh, rolling out this podcast together. And um, it's going to be so cool. We're going to roll out in Dallas together. Really, I'm stoked that you actually you know, took the time to come out and visit us uh, at the event on Monday. If I forgot to mention anybody for, you know, uh, Jason from Hive, too. And, you know, I, I didn't get Jason uh, F. Lynn. I thought I sent an invite. It, Anyway, I'm sorry, Jason. Love you, baby boy. Well, you I, knew because you were sitting right next to me when we oh, talked about it. Oh, I'm going to stick it right in your <laughs> face because I feel terrible. All right. No, okay. he knew. All right, all right. So, um, Pooch, thank you much. Foodie Patootie on IG. John, Jefferson Starship, baby boy. All right, we are. Thank you all so much. Out. You are welcome. Let me tell you about my friends over at Citrus America and their amazing juicing equipment. They're revolutionizing the way you enjoy freshly squeezed juice. They're at the best hotels, restaurants, and markets. Their mission is simple. Develop a unique consumer experience with on-premise juicing. Deliver healthy taste options to clientele and juice more faster. It's that easy. Citrus America supplies the highest quality juicing equipment and solutions in the industry. So whether you're a small business owner or a large corporation, Citrus America has the right juicing equipment for you. Find out more at citrusamerica.com.